You are listening to a podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 207 for the week of October 16th, 2016. Welcome back, listeners, to the longest-running podcast dedicated to the epic glory of George R.R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire, occasionally Game of Thrones, and uh, we got some pictures to talk about today. As always, this is Ashley, this is Amin, and this is Kyle. And we have with us uh, a returning guest today. Zach, say hi. Introduce yourself. Good, sir. Hi, guys. This is Zach. I go by Alias on the podcast of Ice and Fire Forums. And I'm here again. Happy to be here. Yes. Welcome back. How long has it been since you've you've been with uh, us? It's been a while. It's been since before season six of Game of Thrones. So sometime then. Oh, man. Yeah. Nice. Well, good to have you back, man. Good Happy to have to be you here. back. Yeah. yeah. So are, back. You still, are you still watching the show? I am still watching the show. I'm actually I've been running one of the uh, the reviews that we do over at VOK um, for the Game of Thrones show, so I, I'm kind of obligated it so far, and I think I'm going to keep going with it. I feel like if you're if you're at this point, you're kind of at the point of no return, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> awesome. So, um, Amin, tell us about this gift that you got all of us. Sure. We're, today we're going to be reviewing uh, the Game of Thrones, the illustrated edition, which is the 20th anniversary uh, release of the Game of Thrones. It's a re-release based on the anniversary, and we were able to get early review copies as press. So we're going we're to be talking about it generally, maybe talking about some of the images in it. And then it's good to have Zach here because he's kind of like the listener example. He can tell us if he's, he can follow along or if we need to give more detail. As we cover it, pictures in this book. <laughs> How does that work? But they aren't. It isn't the color book. It's it's a little different no. than the coloring book. There. This is a hardcover Game of Thrones, but it basically an image at every start of every chapter, and then some images in, in between, in the middle of chapters. I mean, you you were really mean. You didn't send one to Zach. <laughs> so rude, I mean. But so yeah, this would be the same as then uh, the the Night of the Seven Kingdoms in the World of Ice and Fire. Obviously, it'd be that that kind of format, right? Yeah, I guess. But there's more. There's more than Night of the Seven Kingdoms, I think, right? I think there is. About, I don't know how many there are in the Game of Thrones. But let me pull out my press copy of that to compare. Yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> I like how Amin has to dude. say press copy before everything. It makes him feel really, uh, yeah. really big. And- it is a press copy. Well, the, 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 the ones the ones in the Night of Seven Kingdoms are mostly like sketch style, whereas these are different styles like painting right. and full and image. Some, and some of them are from older uh, artist yep. work, right? That were added. There, there's ones from a lot of the calendars and some of the Fantasy Flight uh, stuff in here as well. I noticed. Mm. Yeah, there's a list of the uh, the artists at the end, so you, you can track down. Yeah, we have a like, lot of. Like, New right. stuff, but there's also a lot from before because I was when I was flipping through, I'm like I know this picture. Yeah, Gary Gianni, Mike S. Miller, Ted Naismith, some of the old, like established artists, and some new ones as well mm. in here. Yeah, so uh, so Amin and I both went away uh, this past weekend. <laughs> where Amin was rapidly texting me, "Have you got it yet? Have you got it yet?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I'm away, Amin. I'm away." And he's like, "Damn it, me too." But when I got home. I had a nice package outside, and I and I open it up, and I have to say my first impression was uh, was very positive. It's this sort of kind of gold, burnt golden brown. Um, it looks it looks almost leather, but it's obviously not. It's a regular kind of hardcover, uh, roughly about the same size, just a tad smaller than the normal hardcovers that have been coming out. Um, just a little bit smaller than that. I had it sitting next to Dance with Dragons hardcover on my shelf and it's just a little bit smaller and uh so it has this uh work on the front that makes it kind of look like artwork with a sword down the middle which uh i'll assume is ice i'm not entirely sure it could just be a generic sword Hmm. but there's a couple wolves and a couple stags on it with some uh, lattice work around the edges different things on the back cover there's a there's a the back blurb there, or the black, I, I don't know what they call it on the back of books, with a little description of uh, what's in the book and how it's a 20th anniversary edition. But I don't know about you guys, but my sticker is kind of haphazardly put on, and it's a bit askew. It's in the center, but it's sort of tilted to the edge a little bit, like someone put it on rather quickly. Well, they had to get us right. quickly, right? So the early copies. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. fine. This My is sticker it. isn't perfectly aligned. That's a minus one point five. Disappointing. So this hey, is a, you know, yeah. being honest. <laughs> this, this is a big hardcover book, then. Yeah, with a jacket or no? 
There's no jacket. Okay. Jacket. But it, it's big hardcover gotcha. book. <laughs> and, and across the center, um, on the horizontal, uh, along from the front edge all the way to the back edge, um, so around the entire cover of the book, there's this sort of red, a red ribbon that has George R. R. Martin, A Game of Thrones, the illustrated edition. So it sort of kind of looks like this leather book that has this red ribbon around the center of it. It's really nice. I like to touch it. <laughs> yeah, it feels good. It feels good. And I'm assuming there's nothing hiding underneath that sticker except the same artwork that's on the front, right? I'm not going to try to peel it off. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious because my, <laughs> my sticker's off a little bit, so I can see little, like, stag legs popping out, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is in celebration of the 20th anniversary, right, of A Game of Thrones? Yes. Yep. yes. I was just wondering if the intention is then to release a whole series of these with all yeah, the, the different I was, books. I was thinking about that. It is entirely possible because they could keep bringing it out every couple of years. Uh, that same. <laughs> every couple of decades, to be honest. <laughs> we have, we have to wait the full over. five years. <laughs> the, next, the next two books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the next two books will be fast, but after that, yeah. Hmm. Just uh, thinking about this. This book is pretty big. Like, could you imagine Storm of Swords with a picture for every chapter? Oh, man. It's going to be a big book. They can borrow from some of our art book and put it in there. So, yeah. on there. so I flip open the front cover, and the first thing I notice is there is the map of the north and the mm. south of Westeros, and it is in color. Yeah, that was the first thing I really noticed. Like when I, when I got mine, I was like, "Wow, this map is in color for the first time." Yeah, yeah. So it kind of shows like the the, the wooded areas and the more uh, dry and deserty. Um, just by looking at the colors, which is kind of nice. Do we know if that's a takeaway from the the map of the maps of Ice and Fire book, or is this a completely new illustration? This looks like the ones that are in the books. Yeah, oh, the regular color. map at the start of the book is just colored in. Somebody went and colored it in, but you can it's a specific style. As I said, there's like the forests are green. There's like the wolf's wood here; it's green. So quite a bit of detail. Yeah. And like Dorne is all brown, um, except around uh, except around the river. Mm. The rivers. Nice. So uh, there is no map of Essos in the book. Uh, that is not in this one. Um, and uh, the first piece of artwork we get is uh, Winterfell, which has definitely been on one of the calendars. Mm. Sort of looking out uh, from the outside in at the wall, not, but. Uh, and we get a forward from uh, John Hodgman, who uh, we <laughs> who we just recalled is the PC from I'm a Mac, I'm a PC commercials. <laughs> That's um, what he's known best as, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and a correspondent on The Daily Show as well. But um, which he sort of shows because there is a mention to uh, American, uh, the presidential race currently. There is a mm. bit of hearkening to make Westeros great again um, within this forward. But, uh, and a few think? spoilers. Yeah, he does mention a few yeah. spoilers. And then after he says it, he goes, oh, I guess that was a spoiler. Oh, well, yeah. you would have figured it out anyway. Well, <laughs> I think that kind of uh, goes to the the point of what market is this book targeting? Is it targeting first-time readers? I don't think I it is. I guess not, but I hope not. Because so, I mean, some, like, of the images, <laughs> some of the images are spoiler-filled. Like, for example, the chapter when Ned dies, like it shows him getting beheaded in the middle of the chapter before that comes up. So if you if this is your first read, I don't know if I would read this as my first read. This is more of a reread, mm. or slash. slash I don't, and I don't I don't think it's targeting the completely new read. It's either targeting people who are yeah. coming from the show already know what's going to happen. Well, or, I or should reread. say that the the list price on the back is fifty U.S. and sixty two fifty Canadian. I mean, if you're going to pick up the books for the first time, you should probably pick up just the paperback to find out if you like it first. I mean, I, the I don't words right you. out of my mouth, actually. <laughs> This is like a collector's edition, kind of, yeah. halfway in between. I mean, it's still at an affordable price. Like a collector's edition can be a couple hundred dollars, right? So, yeah. I mean, if they continue with this, um, this is uh, the whole package is very beautiful, I think. And if they continue with it and do a Clash of Kings and Storm of Swords, I feel like at the end of the day, once all the books are out, a collection of these would be like the best version to have. The definitive mm -hmm. edition of this. Yeah. Movie. I, I really hope they do do that, and like, but I know it'll take many, many years before they could do that. Because <laughs> yeah, on the outside binding, if you had it on a bookshelf, so the the, the side binding there, it's, mm. it has the you know it's the golden brown, 
and then the ribbon in the middle with the Georgia George, a Game of Thrones, <laughs> and and the sword down the center. The thing that drives me absolutely nuts when I'm collecting long series is when partway through the series, the publishers decide to completely change the covers on all the books. And then all of a sudden, my series doesn't match anymore. (laughs) It drives me nuts. That's my one fear is that they'll change the design. I'll be like, no, it doesn't match. Now I have to get a whole new set. Well, hasn't that already happened a few times with this series? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, There's already multiple editions of, of all different shapes and sizes for sure. Yeah, I I kind of like so so back to like if if you had it on a shelf and you could just see the outer binding, it doesn't say anything about the illustrated edition on the mm-hmm. binding. It just says George R. R. Martin, A Game of Thrones. So if that was what people were looking at as they were looking through a bookshelf, I think that's sort. I think that's a good choice um, to not have it say illustrated on the outside, just on the front cover and the back. Or I don't even know if it says it on the back, but I think that's a nice choice. If you were going to just read a Game of Thrones again, would this be the book you went to to do that? Not if I have to travel. Yeah, I was just going to say, if I'm, if I'm reading yeah. it at home at my couch, yeah, I would probably read this. Um, yeah. If I were traveling, obviously, the paperback would be, uh, or an ebook would be much preferable. Much more preferable. Just for my own read, I would read it at home. But if I'm reading for the podcast, I'd like to have a, a cheap paper bag I can actually write on, make comments. I don't want to mess up this book, right? I want to yeah. keep this safe. And one of the things I liked, um, and you know, as as a book reader, um, and that is still watching the show. Sometimes when I'm just reading the paperback or whatnot, uh, I get the images of the the actors or the actresses in the show. And it was kind of nice when I was thumbing through this, and I did reread a couple chapters. Um, and you come across the image of the characters in that chapter. And they weren't allowed to use the likeness of the show, so it's their own ideas of what they read in the book. And to have those images be present while I'm reading it sort of brings me back, sort of, sort of makes me forget about the show and brings me back into yeah. just just the w- world of the book, which I enjoyed. Just looking hmm. at the pictures they they have up on Vanity Fair, I'm curious, uh, Ashley, what you think about the one of the the hound in Sansa on, <laughs> um, on the battlements of the Red yeah. Is that how you picture I, the hound? It looks a lot like uh, no, that Rory looks McCann. like Rory. Yeah, and uh, I was looking at that, and I'm just like, I'm pretty sure that the hound is clean shaven. There's never been a reference to him having facial hair, so yeah. I I mean, I figured that would be come up in some sort of description if it was there. So yeah, that that that's it. Definitely looks like show hound, but not show Sansa. So it makes it even more awkward the age difference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, why? So, they they so just want to ruin it for us Sans hand shippers. <laughs> want to make it as creepy as possible so that we feel guilty. <laughs> so so I do have to say, and I, and I I know I said it. I think I said it in the last episode when we were talking about this, or a couple episodes ago, was that. Um, they did mention how the the picture of the hound that is in this book does in fact look like Rory. It does in fact look like the actor. But they were saying as they were drawing it, they had a hard time drawing a half burned face without it looking like an actor with a half burned face. Um, yeah, but the other side of his face could be different from Rory. Like, <laughs> isn't the image just half his face? Isn't it a profile picture? I'm not actually looking at the image. Where is that? Uh... Yeah, it is profile. But I mean, like, there's plenty of fan art out there that sh- have, make the hound look like the hound. There you go. Well, I'm just saying what they said. <laughs> okay, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like this, the images at the start of each chapter are black and white for the most part, and then the color ones are in the middle. I'm trying to see if there's an exception to that. So, I mean, there's there, there's a picture at the start of every chapter, right? Yeah. And then occasionally throughout, there's a picture in the middle of a chapter. Yeah. And some of those are full color and some are yeah. black and white. But the majority of the pictures in the book are black and white. Yeah. yeah. Looks like it, yeah. Yeah, there were some there were some really neat ones. I like the others riding the, the giant spiders. Yeah, I was just looking <laughs> yeah. at that. Is it from Brown's story, I guess? I, or something? I, <laughs> I was counting the legs. Those aren't spiders. There, there's too many legs. Too many legs. <laughs> oh, they messed up. Just to nitpick. <laughs> oh, you know. I like the picture of Tyrion uh, coming out of the the banquet hall at Winterfell on page uh, 54. Take a look here. Um, it's sort of him coming out the door and his shadow on the ground, and his shadow is, oh, yeah, like, yeah. is, is like giant. Is he doing cartwheels? In there? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, is yeah. he 
That, that's um, all I thought we kind of would uh, segue into is just like general images going from the front to the back that caught our interest. Do you want to do that? I think we're past the gen the general overall comments. So that's you're already, you're already doing it here. I mean, yeah, let's do it. I mean, I like the other one at the very start for the prologue. I like that uh, image of the other. That's not new though, right? That is an old picture. I think so. The, the first one is right. Yeah, because I think the one with Ned is also for the next one. Let's see here. Did I? Yeah, I didn't write write down particular page numbers, but there were definitely some where I was like, "Oh, I think I've seen." There were some where I'm like, "I know I've seen this before." Then there's some I think I've seen this before, and then there are others which I knew were just brand new, and I was like, "Oh, this is really neat to see." Like there is a picture of the Iron Throne that as book readers love. That's ta- that George loves. That's towering, you know, a couple stories tall. It's really neat. Just just from the ones I'm looking at, I love the one of Bran jumping on the roofs of Winterfell. Yeah, I was just, just looking at that. It's really nice. It's pretty dangerous jump there, too. <laughs> Doing a little Assassin's Creed there, Bran. This is a reference to the show, I guess, that uh, 291 is like Gendry the Smith shot. It's like for... Oh, yes, my, my gay roommate loved that one. <laughs> 291? Yeah, this must be show-inspired. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think he was that old. Wasn't he like 16 or something in the book? He was close in age to Arya. Well, then the next chapter, for example, you see Tyrion getting surrounded by sword. Like this is the start of the chapter. This is these are like spoiler images if you hadn't read it. But mm-hmm. this wouldn't be your first read of Game of Thrones. So, so on 129, um, excuse me, 130, there's a picture of. Uh, is that the Field of Fire? Oh yeah, it looks like it. Let's see. Some massive dragons uh, taking out an army. It's pretty cool. I don't think I've seen that piece before. Is that? I mean, most of the images at the start are related to the chapter somehow. I'm wondering if he talks about. Well, I think that's dragons. Tyrion when he he has the books. He has the books. Maybe he's reading him. about that. Maybe they're yeah. around the campfire. Yeah, around the fire. But... Let's see here. Yeah. Just generally, I love the idea that they're that they're giving us these different depictions of the characters than what is is shown in the in the TV show. It's just nice to get that that other take of it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And there's one uh, right before of, of Ned walking up to a chained and leashed lady with his sword oh, wow. out, and I'm like, oh, when I saw that one. <laughs> Go to page seven oh seven. Definitely a different take on Shay and Tyrion, maybe. Oh, yeah, I made note of that. <laughs> I was like, um, not necessary. There you go. Give us, give us detail. Give, a, give the listeners. Exactly <laughs> there's a lot of body hair. Um, I would say there's a lot of body hair there. <laughs> yeah, don't body shame him. I know, he's got <laughs> some chest hair. You know, he's got a happy trail going down there. Come on. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's um, overall, uh, I mean, how many le- uh, lemon cakes? Going for the target audience which is fans of the books that have already read it i would give it 4.5 out of 5 it's really good artwork good for there and for, for the collectors uh, because what other edition could you really want at this point moving forward unless like you get your hands on the actual like first editions there's no this is a really good way to to get your collection going i think and we we all i think we all agree there's going to be more of them ashley yeah no i, I if you are a hardcore fan of Song of Ice and Fire, you should own this. Like, period. That's my opinion. Like, I, I love it. Um, some of the artwork is amazing. Some of it is awkward. But, I mean, there's a lot. There is an awful lot in here to that you'll find picks that you love in some that you just turn the page. <laughs> but I, I think it's a definitely a definitive copy. Yeah, I give it a four out of five. I, I really enjoy. I think it's very well done. I think it's well made. I know I keep talking about the outside, but when you look at a book, you see the outside of it. Um, except for my cockeyed sticker there. But um, <laughs> deduct a point, no. But I really enjoy it. I think it's a really good version. Um, I hope they keep up with it, and I hope they all. Uh, I hope they all keep. I hope it keeps the base, same basic design for each of them, because at the end of the day, I think having a set of these would be really 
really nice, especially the same when... color as well, though, or, or would you? No, uh, no, not the same color. I, the but, color changes but, the same ribbon style on this side. Yeah, like so. I, I'm looking at my my uh, paperbacks on the shelf here, and a Game of Thrones is this gold color, and this book we're holding is this burnt brown, gold, uh, goldish brown. So the next one would be uh, the next one is I believe uh, purple on the on the cover for the paperback. So if there was some sort of like burnt royal purple-ish one or whatever for the a clash of kings i think uh i think it would be really neat storm of swords is blue a feast for crows is red yada 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 um i think that would be that would be the version that i would want on my shelf and especially down the road um after the show is all done when you pick it up and you you see the pictures and you're like oh that's not sean bean that's not it sort of brings you back in and for people who maybe have watched the show and never read the books, you can be like, yeah, it's, you know, you're going to have a bit of a different, different experience with this. And, uh, so yeah, I really enjoy it. I liked it. Um, at the end we have, uh, acknowledgements, uh, from George for the illustrated edition, which he thanks his editors and everything. Can't believe it's been 20 years. Um, and he proceeds to, uh, show appreciation for the folks at HBO who brought, I quote, brought my world and my story to televisions around the world. Benioff, Weiss, Cogman, uh, Plepper, uh, Lombardo, and uh, Mara. Um, introducing millions of new fans and readers to the Seven Kingdoms and earned us all a shelf of shining golden Emmys in the process. <laughs> and then he goes on to thank the, uh, the, the cast. And he lists almost all the major players from season one in there. And the rest of his cast of thousands. Um, after that, he thanks uh, Roy Detrice. Yes, for bringing his characters to life, uh, who played all the roles on the audiobook. And uh, it's pretty nice. I, I like that at the end, too. Hey, thanks, uh, Rhea, as well. Rhea Golden, who I think we met before at Comic Con. Uh, yes. But, uh... One thing I I wanted to add at the start there's there's this one is for Melinda I think I mean that was an original one as well I th- I think that's Melinda Snodgrass that's that's pretty nice I mean nice to to her to get that and Melinda Snodgrass uh, I mean she's a writer she's she's written scripts she's she's done some uh, scripts for uh, Star Trek some of the better episodes we used so. to be in a relationship too I think so oh were they actually in a relationship at some point I think so I could be wrong. Well, it, it, could, that's could not a plus for her. She did. <laughs> well, it could be. I don't, I don't know either. So, <laughs> did you ask him when you have that? When you met George, you met I've, George. I so. did not ask him that. Did you date Melinda Snodgrass? <laughs> yeah, my bad. Set, the, set the record straight here, George. I did ask him what he thought about the the fat pink mast in the uh, the Samuel chapter, and he said that that might have been a mistake. So that's, that's <laughs> <from George. laughs> the editor, the editor put it in. <laughs> yeah, not his fault. <laughs> um, so you guys would all have bought this 100. percent uh, if yes. It, if you had the choice. Well, if I wasn't poor, uh, <laughs> yes. All right, that's the trick. I would have. Uh, I would have happily received it as, as a as a gift. <laughs> I, I would have bought it. I um, yeah. I mean, fifty dollars is 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 a hefty price, but um, can you is... really put a price on Game of Thrones? <laughs> Yeah, he'll I, mean, I would skip, say skip I, a couple I, of meals and then he can. <laughs> yeah, I would say that not rolling in money myself and already having like three separate editions of the stories already, I'm not going to buy this immediately. But when there is a complete edition, I think that that there is a good chance that if I can afford it, that I will definitely pick that up. Yeah, I don't think it's a necessity because there isn't much new. I mean, there is some yeah. new artwork, but it's it's what is it like fifty fifty with old and new artwork in there. I didn't do an actual count, but uh, so there isn't much new material in here. So for those who are, you know, don't have extra funds, it, probably not the first thing on the list. But if you're looking for a nice gift to give somebody you know who loves it or whatnot, I think this, uh, I think this is a really uh, well-made package. Absolutely. And uh, one more thing, I guess, about the book is uh, there in the appendix, uh, it has the major houses. And it does have, I want to say, is this original uh, sigil artwork? I believe it is. That was one thing I was looking at. I was like, yes, not the show version. Yeah. Uh, it has their. It has a shield with their sigil above each house. And that, yes, as Ashley said, they are definitely not the show version. Um, and they are pretty neat. I have to say that House, the son of House Martell, looks a little sad. Yeah. <laughs> sad son. 
It looks like a sad sun. All like the rays at the top well, of the sun are all it, it small. Does, it doesn't have a face on it this time. I think there's another one that had the face of the coloring book. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it looks like a very sad sun. I'm a little bummed about that, but uh, and the dragons of House Targaryen look very, uh, very serpentine. This is closer to what they actually are. His Martin's dragons, I think, are like this, right? Wyvern. Yeah, yeah they're like wyverns. But, but the, I, I, to, I thought I read somewhere where, where where the sigils came from, like uh, the artwork, if it is like the original. But I cannot yeah, I think, remember where the acknowledgement was. Is it so? Is it wyvern because of the, it doesn't have forward uh, like the arms or the wings? Actually, there's no like. Yeah, of, uh, wyverns yeah. don't have arms. Right. I think George even talked about that. He was like saying like. The way they would evolve, it would make sense this way. That the arms would become wings. They wouldn't have an extra set right. of limbs. So that's why he do, did it. Yeah. Do, do they have arms as well in the show? Uh, no. I don't think they do. The, yeah, they're, no. the wings okay. are their arms in the show as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just to it. I'm just so bummed about this sad House Martell's son. <laughs> it's so droopy looking. <laughs> oh, if you had a spear going through you too, you'd probably... But I mean, there's, there's a, they're more defiant sun as well. It could be a defiant sun, right? So. Oh man, and, and the house Tully fish looks pretty. Uh, looks like he's having a rough day. <laughs> floppy fish. Yeah, that, that, he, that this, this fish has a frown on his face, man. He is like, oh, my house ain't doing so well. Yeah, but they true. feel <laughs> they feel really medieval, though. Yeah, but, but the the house Aaron like... the house Aaron bird is very detailed. That doesn't feel very medieval. Well, I, I mean, like, it's not, it's not, when I, when I say de, when I say medieval, I don't mean not detailed. I, I mean, it looks very, like, classic art, you know, that you would find from medieval times. Whereas a television show looks kind of more like a graphic designer. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. And the uh, House Lannister Lion looks very, like, Chinese dragon. Oh, yeah, this is the, this is Asian lion. Yeah, like oh, those okay. statues you'd see. Yeah, it looks like that, yeah. There you go. Oh, thank you, uh, Penguin Random House, for sending us these copies. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It, it is my third copy of Game of Thrones, and this is one that I don't think my brother will destroy. <laughs> because that's why I no longer have the other two copies. Don't let him touch it. No. It's a nice one. Somebody oh. tweeted me that they, this is going to be like their eighth copy or something, because they have the audio book. <laughs> well, yeah, if, if you count the audio book. Kind of, there's yeah, like no, versions of it, yeah. Not the other, there's like some other... They have all these different versions. So, hmm. so we're going to move on to our longest-running reread of A Storm of Swords. <laughs> <laughs> and we are on Catelyn... What's the number? Four. Catelyn Four. Here we go. Of A Storm of Swords. Does anyone have a recap of what happened in this chapter? I have a recap. Yes! Oh, thank you. Kyle <laughs> no is saved. Thank you. Uh, you guys. <laughs> Uh, hit us with a good start. All right, will do. So, this chapter begins with the funeral of Lord Hoster Tully of Riverrod. River lords and Northmen both gather to send him back to the river, clad in the armor and equipage of House Tully. Edmure takes up a bow to fire a flaming arrow at the sail, but misses once, twice, and three times. Frustrated, he hands the bow over to the Blackfish, whose aim is true. After the funeral, Lothar Frey, called Lame Lothar because of his twisted leg, comes forward to pay his condolences and requests an audience, which is accepted. Afterward, Rob asks to speak to Catelyn, and they talk of the desperate situation they are in. With a third of Rob's foot lost at Duskendale, Bran and Rickon dead, and Sansa married to the Imp, it's clear how badly they need Frey's support if Rob's war is going to survive. Catelyn offers another option, bending the knee to the Iron Throne, but Rob says he will not do that, not ever. At their audience later, Lame Lothar delivers another blow. Winterfell has been put to the torch by Theon Greyjoy, everyone killed but some of the women and children. With this fresh wave of grief weighing him down, Rob asks for a swift end to this parley. He agrees to renew the marriage pact with the Freys, this time with Edmure, to be married instead, and that Rob will attend the wedding himself and apologize for insult made. Edmure is recalcitrant at the prospect of marrying a woman he has never met or seen, but in the end, he agrees that he will do this to make amends for his follies. That's the chapter, Catelyn Four. Nice, thank you. Thank well you. done, sir. Thank you. Done. So I gotta say, this is one of those chapters that I I remember. I often think about because the the image of Edmure missing the shot 
several times and then the blackfish nailing it is one that has stuck with me since I first read this book. Well, it was also the the cover of one of the, maybe the first edition or one of the earlier editions was was the cover like this funeral scene of a storm yeah. of swords. I remember oh, yes, that copy. That, that's right. I think even outside that funeral scene, there's something so tragic about this whole chapter. It feels like darkness is caving in and all around the, the Stark and Tilly Alliance. You know, every piece of, of news that they get is just another blow. And I think that image of Rob standing with his sword drawn with nothing to swing it at is just like the perfect representation of his whole reign. Mm-hmm. Win every battle, but he's still losing. Right. Just desperate just to can't flail win out, some battles with sorts. Yeah. yeah. And now he's fighting. You know, he's fighting with his mom, too, because of what she had done and letting Jamie go and everything. Um, yeah, just just falling apart. Feel it. Oof. Sense of dread, impending doom upon them. At the uh, start of the chapter, it says the seven faces of God, which is one of the examples in the book showing how the, the seven are really just one God, just different aspects. Hmm. So since he's one of those those mysterious uh, Roberts Rebellion characters, and we never really hear a whole lot about him, what do you guys think that that Hoster Tully was like? What do you think that his general character was, and is he deserving of such an honorable end? <laughs> Good question. Um, you know, the way they talk about him, it's kind of like yeah, you, you think he's such an upstanding guy, but if this book teaches us one thing, it's that the actual person is nothing ever like the stories that people hear. Yeah, well, he from Lysa's point of view. No. Mm. <laughs> right. I don't know yeah. how much I ever believe anything she says. Well, that was before she went cray-cray, right? So <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, like he, his, you know, expecting her to be you know, more like Catelyn constantly just ruined her. And reminds me, and remind me who Tansy is again. Well, Caitlin actually thinks that uh, her father had some sort of affair with Tansy, but Tansy's really relating to the late abortion uh, that he made uh, Lysa have. That's why he's talking about. He's like, I'm sorry about that, about uh. Tansy. So, I mean, he did that. I don't, I don't know if that was a, if it was a usual thing to have like that kind of late of abortion, or would they they would have regularly just had the child and then sent the child away. It's it's hard to say uh, what happened in Westeros. Like, what was more common? Because it was a late abortion. It wasn't an early one. And who was the father? Peter. Uh, Peter. Littlefinger. The tire. So, I mean, besides the the Lysa thing as well, he is supposed to be one of the the architects of the the so-called Southron ambitions thing, right? So even that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it does show that he has some scheming to him. He was in the, the War of the Nine Penny Kings, I think, right? Probably was with his brother. Of all there, and right. Blackfish and um, uh, Baristan probably was there Baristan. too. Yeah, because we were talking about them last chapter with because uh, there's the archer who was in, with the smiling knight and everything. Oh, and right. the bro- the like the Brotherhood of the Kingswood. Oh, uh, I'm I'm getting my old stories mixed up. The, yeah, the smiling it. knight had nothing to do with the Nine Penny Kings. No, blur together for me. I can't keep them straight. <laughs> well, Nine Penny Kings is barely in the books. It really yeah. is. It's, if people dig deep to get the details and then it comes out more in like world of ice and fire but if you look in the base books there's very little in there in the, on that war but it, it really set up a lot for later and the nine penny kings were the were the nine like sort of warlords or something that came over from essos right yeah it's, it was this they got this band of nine that got together and they're, they, they're gonna they took over territory in essos as well but the plan was to come over to more the step Stepstones, correct? Yeah. And it was another Blackfire Rebellion of sorts, right? With Malus the Monstrous. Ah, yes. It was the fifth Blackfire Rebellion. Um, several of the free cities started by a group of ambitious yeah. men known as the Band of Nine after the band set their sights on Westeros. Uh, Jaehaerys II dispatched an army to defeat them. Yes. I feel like not all of them really wanted to go to Westeros. And maybe when Malus and some of them died, the rest might have pulled back or stuck on Essos. Like it, it was definitely so, only some, some wanted it more than others. Some had more of a connection, right? The, the, or more of a reason to go there. And Malos was the guy who had the little little Malos popping out of his neck, right? Yeah, the little the <laughs> absorbed twin gotcha. on him, which is which, which is more support for Tyrion as a chimera theory. <laughs> <laughs> of course <laughs> it is. 
Imagine riding into battle and there's a dude with like a little dude popping out of his neck. <laughs> he has a little helmet on it. No, there's an there's an image somewhere. Do you think of him he put a helmet on his little dude? <laughs> I hope so. I think his little dude was beyond help. It, it was just it's just a, it, like it was it wasn't like the thing was conscious. It was just just a deformed skull. Could he feel it? There. Did he have like senses in the little dude? Like so, question. if you hit if you hit the little dude, does he feel it, or is it completely like set of? Uh, a different set of nervous system. I would think he wouldn't feel it except for like the vibration. Because why would yeah. his nerves extend into that area, right? Unless unless his skin somehow extended on top of the... Uh, I, I guess I it depends on how separate they... I don't know. Somebody asked George. If somebody had hit Melissa's deformed twin, would he feel... No. <laughs> I think... <laughs> My bad, guys. I should have. And George would be like, this K-Row podcast like... device is fire, didn't it? Those weirdos again. <laughs> He'd be like, never talk to me again, you guys. Just, just stop it. <laughs> there is an image somewhere. If you search Malus, he's fighting Baristan, and you can see it. Yeah, it's up on the wiki page. I'm looking at it right oh, now. Yeah. Yep. He's holding a, a mace. and Yeah, yeah he's fighting. Four, and he, morning can, stars. Can you, see the, yeah. can you see the little head there? Oh, yeah, you can, right? It's, coming. it's right over his right shoulder there. <laughs> I can't believe we're still talking about this. This is what we focus on in the chapter. <laughs> he's said to have consumed his twin in the womb. Guys. It's pretty good artwork. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good artwork, so... Oh, man. Malus won the command of the Golden Company by killing his cousin, Damon, who was determined to reclaim his rightful throne as the last of the Blackfire line. Oh, man. So, cool, speaking cool. of people with physical uh, malformities, how about Lame Lothar? Thank you for bringing us. Yeah. <laughs> who's in this chapter. Uh, do you guys think of him as kind of like a Richard the Third kind of character? I, I think of him more as that than even like Tyrion who gets that comparison where he's he's uh, very manipulative and he, he you know plays himself off as this weak person, but he's really uh, very much in control of things and very much uh, sinister in his intent. That's a really interesting comparison. Uh, I, I think the only thing, because he's so well-spoken well-behaved in this while i'm sure when he goes back to his room he's like starks i hate them all yeah um but i guess the only thing i I would see different is that richard the third always felt like his own man if i'm not mistaken whereas lothar you can tell we know that he's under the orders from his father like every everything he does is so manipulated by walder frey i feel like he would be a better really though than uh walder frey i don't know I think as he's, far he's, as he's independently dangerous. House. I think somebody had mentioned that he is a dangerous character, like more than he seems. Like he, so he's not just under his father. I think he seems to be one of the only Freys who can sort of like bite his tongue and play yeah. nice, nice. Well, I don't, I don't even know if he if, if he necessarily hates the Starks, but he just does what's necessary. And he, I mean, he he really organizes a lot of the Red Wedding. Does, does that mean he hates the Starks? He's just doing what's necessary. I don't know if he's like actually actively is passionate enough to hate them. I, I don't know enough of his character to... Uh, yeah, I guess it depends on the loyalty to his family, because if yeah. his, fa- his family's scorned by Rob, you know, and, and getting her, um, his queen, and, uh, yeah, so if he's truly loyal, if he loves his family and everything, and his family name, then I feel like he would feel very, very scorned by Rob Stark. But he's very nice in this chapter. Like, he tries to... He's very courteous. And it's great. and you can see it right there because Blackwalder can't even can't do anything like that. He can't, can't say a single nice thing. Um, no, so I think they were really <laughs> I think they were a really interesting duo that he sends out yeah. there. He's like Lothar, my steward. You can take care of it. I know you can sweet talk them and fool them into coming. And Blackwalder, you're there just in case shit hits the fan, I guess, because he's the more militaristic one, um, the one with the he's more. He's a bad renowned. prop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, they're a good duo. I'll send them down. Because Lothar, yeah, if it weren't for Lothar, I doubt there's, there was probably no other Frey they could have sent to ever get them down for the Red Wedding. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really smart the way he does it. You know, he introduces himself in a in a you know very calm and courteous way, and then during the audience, he gives this this new tidbit that, of course, was perfectly timed. Um, that Winterfell has been burned to kind of soften them up. Mm-hmm. It's very well done. How much do you think Lothar knows about what actually happened up at Winterfell? Because in the chapter here, he's pretending like, oh, there's so much misinformation, and uh, we don't really know what happened to Theon and all this. But do you think he knows everything? No, I, I think that but the Boltons right now are not, like, I don't even think Lord Bolton knows what Ramsay's been up to at this point. Yeah, there's no need, I mean... Ramsey makes those uh, Walders write the letter. Why tell the truth? He just makes them tell that lie. It serves his purpose. Even if they do work with the phrase, why tell exactly what happened? 
Yeah, the only connect, the only reason I could see there is because of the link through Tywin, and uh, that maybe like Tywin wants to know what's going up there, and then yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. But there's there's no there's no reason for the Boltons to say we're the ones who burned Winterfell. They could just blame it on Theon and still do whatever they're doing. It just it, that's what the thing to do, right? Yeah, true. I don't think it's impossible that that uh that he knew a little bit more and that the that there was more that was like you know actually like planned in the background, but obviously the information channels are not entirely clear who knows what and ultimately as you say, I mean, it doesn't really matter. You could you could spin it either way and it would work. Hmm. There's something we mentioned in the the one of the I mean, I guess the last episode we talked about uh the others taking children away and we're kind of asking like why don't they do that with other people? And I think somebody tweeted us or messaged us that there's a, there's a common insult, others take you. And that's quite prevalent in this chapter. Uh, Edmure keeps saying it. The others take it, the others take you, take his pride, and then take take you. Like, I kept noticing it. So that is a an insult. It's not like the others kill you. The others take you. So maybe that used to be something that was known, and it just became a catchphrase that, that people now don't really realize was something that actually happened. Yeah, that, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Ooh, that that gives me a creepy image. Like, our, it gave me a creepy image of how, like, on our old fairy tales and stuff, they'd be like, they're all cute, but really they have this dark, sinister past to them. If, like, back in the day, the others, like, if you left your door unlocked at night, the others would come in and take your children and, like, yeah. convert them over and how it's sort of... How it, how they kind of maybe stopped, they built the wall, and it was forgotten, but it became like this old Nan tale, you know? And then yeah. uh, that the others took the kids in the middle of the night, and now it's sort of just this thing that parents tell their kids or whatnot, but don't truly believe. Old, but old Nan got the spiders wrong, too. It's not actually spiders. It's some other type of... <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> oh, that, they, yeah. they not have legs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't like spiders. So when no, I if, saw if, them, I just If they're like a spider, they have a different number of legs. That's something else, I guess, right? There's got to be something other than... Damn it, Ashley. What page is this on? What page are the spiders on, Ashley? I want to see this. <laughs> I can't remember. Like, I just it's, a, it's an epic one. It's, it's, in the, it's in the middle. What did I put... Continue. Continue. So you guys talk amongst like, yourselves while I look. They're like spants. They're oh, it's page uh, 256. <laughs> I was going in the wrong direction. Can we call Two. them spants? <laughs> Stance? Another reading of that, that others ant. take you thing <laughs> uh, could just be simply that, you know, that they turn everyone into whites, right? Because, you know, they take you in theory. But I like that idea that you proposed better, Kyle. Just that idea of this mythology of being stolen. Mm. Still, it just doesn't say kill. It says take, right? So it's it's it makes it seems like yeah, yeah. They take you. Well, those, yeah, those front legs are kind of coming out of its head. I can't tell. Are they legs or or antenna? Yeah, it's just other pinchers. I mean, they they. I can obviously see the regular pinchers, and then there are like legs coming out of its they're, head. They're like ma- mandibles things. They're they're spants. They're spider ants. <laughs> It's just because they're big they, and their are heads like are heavy. Are they like daddy long legs then? Or no, no. I think those are... Uh, daddy long legs still just have eight. But, uh... I mean, if you look at the one in the back, the back one has... Oh, that guy's riding a dead horse back there. If you look at those, um... That's cool. I didn't even see that. Um... The one in the back, you can't see his, uh... His, uh... Little head head legs. Hmm. So are Spans the new sources? Is that what you guys are saying? No! <laughs> no! <laughs> Burn it, burn it with fire. <laughs> oh man. Well, maybe they, I mean they, they just added new legs to them when they made when they sized them up. I mean these, these are not regular sized insects. To support their weight. They need more legs. Yeah, they need to add more. Exactly. Exactly. And the, and the, and there's a, a an ice guy on his head too, so he needs some needs some extra help. <laughs> yeah. He's wearing this weird armor too. Oh, this, this, I like this this uh, this is good artwork. It's very creepy. Very creepy. It's see. the theme of Halloween coming up. Yeah. Yes. Gotta watch some horror movies. Love it. Okay, back to this chapter. Nice. Anything else about this uh, chapter, ladies and gentlemen? Well, there are a couple of what-if scenarios in here. I think that they have pretty obvious conclusions, but they're they're worth considering, I guess. So, should Rob have bent the knee here at this point? Would that have saved him, as 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 Catelyn suggests? That's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he would have just been killed by Joffrey and Tywin. I feel like they would all have just been wiped out and replaced by the Boltons. Well, so I don't think it's yeah. Mm. I feel like it's too late because they've already brokered the deal with the Boltons for the North, right? It sounds like it, yeah. So if he bent the knee, where would he go? 
Like they just give them some. I guess they would. They could give them a castle, not Winterfell, somewhere in the north, or maybe give them Winterfell back, but but have that have the Boltons be the liege lords. But I mean, the history of the North is too strong with the Starks. I I don't see that. Yeah. I I see Tywin being smart enough to realize that I, that would never work unless all the Starks are dead, which I, they I do mention in this chapter. Send Rob to the Wall and maybe marry off Sansa or Arya mm. to. Bolton. Well, Sansa's already married. Uh, oh, she married at this time. Yeah. Which, which could have worked out in and yeah. of itself. They could have just installed her and Tyrion in Winterfell. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess they could have. True. It could have worked. It's just that Rob doesn't have the prescience uh, to know that he's going to be betrayed, so it's less of an appealing option. At the yeah. Of the wall I mean, if if he had managed to get up north, well, if he had gone with his actual plan and hadn't been backstabbed and killed, he would have taken the north back. And then he could he would be not in a bad situation. He'd be in the situation Stannis is, where like everyone else dies and he'd be sitting in the north. So, other than the red wedding, he wasn't. He, things could have worked out for him. Alas. So you say, I mean, Master General, <laughs> Amin's army plans are always so black and white. I feel like it wouldn't be just that easy to just take. Them. Well, he would have done even better than Stannis. I mean, like Stannis gets Northern Lords behind him, but if Rob gets back up north, everyone rallies around him. Yeah. That's it for the Boltons. Yeah, I feel like that would have been the only way that he could have bent the knee is that you take the black and Tyrion and Sansa are now lords of the north. But but still he broke the deal with Bolton, so they'd have to they'd have to like take out the Boltons in order to establish Tyrion Which or something. They could still do in the long run. I think. Yeah. That would be yeah, I could see. I could see. That was always Tywin's idea in the in the long run. Anyways, he keeps saying, "Hey, have a child because you you could be in the north. You'll yeah. come back. The people will be pissed off at the Boltons, and you'll take over." Hmm. So yeah, it just gets mu- it gets mucky with his deal with uh, deal with Roos. Like he'd have to figure out a different way or something. Weird. Yeah, interesting. What's the other uh, hypothetical there, Zach? Uh, the other is so they mentioned that that if they had. Uh, traded jamie for sansa they could have mm. wet her to the night of flowers is what rob says i assume it would have to be willis and they could have gotten the tyrell alliance um would that have worked would that have played out as they they hoped i think Littlefinger was already in i don't think the timing would have lined up i think Littlefinger was already sent to to high garden by the time they would have got sansa back yeah, yeah, it's I think just the, a question if they would have done that at all, I suppose. The, the, what, I well, the ultimate problem here is is Caitlin was really unlucky to be in that tent with, when Renly died, and then she had to run away. If she had remained there, she could have kept negotiating, and they might have eventually made a deal like this. But because she, the last time they saw a Stark running away from dead Renly, they weren't in really in a good position to trade hmm. at that point. Uh, what, what what would Littlefinger have done if he had showed up to treat with Highgarden or the Tyrells and and Sam, and uh, Catelyn was still there? Giving her some creepy eyes, I'm sure. Well, that, that, <laughs> that happened in the show. <laughs> that kind of kind of happened in the show. <laughs> Catelyn would have been like, no, no, because Catelyn would have known who he was. He was. They, they, they really should have though. I mean, gone tried to get the Tyrells. That that was the key. I mean, it was that was the Lannisters would never have like survived if they hadn't got the Tyrells to support them. <laughs> there yeah i can't really see this one working just just because of all the different things that went wrong and you're right that just her, her being there when really died kind of screwed it up any chances of that yeah. there's do also think, do you think the lannisters would have would have made the trade i think they would have yeah i think they yeah. would have, i mean yeah with for jamie i think it's a sure a if you had jamie back they would have done that yeah yeah but sansa's a pretty pretty potent hostage Oh no! It's, oh, Jamie it's, is way, way more important. Jamie's military, <laughs> even if even if he somehow promises not to get involved again, like both Cersei and Tywin want Jamie back. Yeah, Everyone but, wants Jamie, but back. Ja- Jamie is a king's guard. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. It's that's, Cersei and Tywin so, are the ones who make the decision. Yeah, yeah, I know for them, but like the that's not a great trade for the for like so so take take the emotion, take the, like the love and the all that shit out of the equation, like. I, I don't I, think you can take it out of the equation yeah. because it's it's such a huge factor for both Tywin and Cersei. And plus, like, I mean, one the piece whole, of his value is that he's a battle commander, right? He can be used. The whole reason why Rob was so pissed off was because Jamie was worth so much more than Sansa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Jamie was worth more than Sansa, and uh, now he's saying maybe it's about equal if we get this, the Tyrells on board out of the trade. Crazy. Mm. 
They should they, yeah, they should have traded Jamie back for Sansa and other people. Like even more. Right. They should have gotten more out of it. And in done it properly, so they actually would have got Sansa back, not right. this weird like loss and then they're like then he's escaped where they don't yeah. get Sansa back, right? S- send more of an escort and whatnot. But it, of course the reason that it was so clandestine is because it was Catelyn in the background using the resources she had available. I I think that uh, the big question is whether or not Tywin and Cersei would have honored it, or if they would have just taken um, the Kingslayer back and never returned. No, I think Tywin would have would have returned him if it was a proper deal. I think he would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. Hmm. It's almost to the point when you send Jamie back, you really should make a piece at that point. The two almost go hand in hand because you don't really want to fight him again. Uh, if you'd send him back as part of a peace deal, like, I mean, they didn't want a peace deal, but I mean, with Ned dead, and it's hard to say, you know, like they didn't want peace, right? That, right. Was there one other thing here? I think I saw. Yeah, this this chapter shows the big difference between Blackfish of the books and uh, <laughs> Douchefish in the, the show. I was thinking the <laughs> same exact thing. because yeah. <laughs> here he's trying to help, and then he, but he doesn't like insult him, and then eventually Edmure just like throws the bow to him. And the show with douchefish is just like kicks him away and steals the boat. Yeah, Huge difference. The bow. Then he holds Catelyn's hand, and then he's like, "Oh, don't worry, your father actually missed when our dad died, when your grandfather died too." You know, mm. he's like, he's such a nice guy. Yeah. Ugh. Like no wonder Lysa hates them all. <laughs> the douchefish. I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that, that um, Lysa is Aunt Petunia. I don't even know what that means. And Catelyn is Lily. <laughs> no, I and what, refer- that what reference is that? I got no, what are we talking about? It's a Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I got you. <laughs> you guys, come on. Duh. So my nerd credit just disappeared. <laughs> Wait, so did Petunia have a late abortion or something? Or? <laughs> it, essentially, she it's the jealous si- sister. sister situation. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> jealous of her more beautiful, more perfect sister. And magical. But Ly- Lysa herself was still relatively pretty at, at a young age. It just went she went crazy later. But it, it was just it was if she had married the right person, I think she would have been fine. She would just focused on her family and wouldn't have had all those well we don't know. But would she, well, it, is she, it from a later portion that caused that? Late, that that's what we suspect caused her to not be very fertile and have all yeah. those problems and all those like, problems. So Hosa really should, I mean, I think because Peter was the father in particular, maybe that's why he had the late abortion, where in reality he should have just had the kid, fostered the kid out, and then John Aaron was still had to marry her. There's no real difference between having a kid and having a late abortion. He knew what would happen. So that abortion really hurt her health. Yeah. Is that what snapped her mentally, too? Well, it was all the Losing all the stillborns. Yeah. Did she put yeah, them in jars? Right. <laughs> no, that was it. <laughs> that was someone else. <laughs> Not even um, in the show. It wasn't even her in the show. Oh, boy. Oh, the Tullys. Tully's not faring well in this war, I tell you. No. <laughs> not doing so hot. Yeah, that, 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 mean, that whole uh, funeral pyro scene is just basically the family going down. It's being weighed down and going yeah. underwater. And Rob says, "I am not dead yet, mother." Right. So let's see. In not the in yet. in the books, we have Edmure is alive but prisoner. Uh, the Blackfish is missing, yeah. and Catelyn is undead. Those yeah, are the so all, those are doing kind of okay. And none of them have any. Oh, none of them have any children. Yeah, we got the Stark children. What am I talking about? Oh, Edmure has oh. a. I don't, is this? child born yet or is she just pregnant i think she's pregnant, pregnant last time i think yeah okay yeah. and they did choose a pretty i think they chose a pretty girl for Edmure because they didn't want him to like reject her and then ruin their plans oh part of the want to get the floppy fish <laughs> hey guys just had sex what's going on down here oh no <laughs> <laughs> i think my favorite means after the red wedding you know i have a crack theory okay. What if she was already pregnant, and that's why they wanted her to be with him, so that they could say that she was having his baby? Hmm. Could Whoa. be. It would have to be really early. Like, uh, how early can you? How early can you tell? How uh, back then? Like, how early does the morning sickness and things begin? Because I, I imagine those were the signs, the first signs that gave it away back in that time. 
I don't know. I think. I mean, I think they probably wanted to try to get an actual tally out of him, just so there's no. If you're doing all this manipulation, just at least get a real tally out. Don't have like this other second. I mean, yes, that could happen, but they had so many daughters, they could have subbed another one in. Hmm. Hmm. Get a real tally. Just saying, it's 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 really unlikely for the first and only time that you know she actually got pregnant. Well, the, that, but that's the that's the I don't know if this, this is real Martin genetics, but everyone seems to see it that way. <laughs> if it's like if this is your fertile garden and it's the first time you're gonna have a kid, like right away, <laughs> I don't know that that that, that <laughs> it doesn't mean it's true. They, they seem to view it that way. Hey, sometimes it only takes one try. Mm-hmm. Oh, but wait, wait, what family is she from again? Because some of them are more fertile or something, right? It's from Rosby. Oh, I think all the phrases are just like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's at the very end, or they're talking about. I mean, Edmure doesn't want to accept, and then they're all like, "No, you got to." Blackfish is like, "I'm the last man in the Seven Kingdoms to tell someone they must be wed, who they must wed." But you got to do something to make up for your mistakes. And do you I, think and he's it, sympathetic in that, and Edmure, you know, wanting to be able to choose his wife, or is he just being difficult? No. Uh, I think he's. What do we think of it? I think it makes sense. I mean, he's. Yeah, it makes he's sense. He's pressured into this, and then he, that's what his Edmure's final line in the chapter is like: "The others take you all very well. The others take you all is one of his last." There is generally two camps with Edmure, though. That people, you know, feel bad for him and feel it wasn't really his fault with the the Battle of the Fords thing, and people just can't stand him and think he messed everything up. So. There seems to be another, maybe another reason why he did the Fords. I mean, one one was he was trying to maybe show off that side of his nature. But it also could have been he didn't want to see his father die, so he needed an right. excuse to leave. Yeah, we, we get that, yeah. He didn't want to be there. And he feels bad about that here. Ultimately, that that's Rob and Blackfish's fault for not either yeah. telling him I or getting someone to stop him. You have to I be agree. responsible for what your men do. So. Can't All leave right. him in the dark and expect him to behave. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's a random fact I was just looking up from the Nine Penny. Uh, War of the Nine Penny Kings. It's where Hoster Tully became acquainted acquainted with Lord Baelish, uh, which led to him subsequently yeah. taking in uh, Patire as his <laughs> ward. As his ward. <laughs> yeah, I think he might have saved him or something, or some sort of favor was generated that he then returned the favor by mm. taking him in as his ward. So then, again, that war has uh, consequences now. That's what it is, man. History. I love it. One thing just leads to another. Keeps on telling the story. Very cool. All right. Anything else in this chapter? That's all I got. Yeah. Nope. Awesome. Well, uh, any news, Amin? Or or is that it for today? I guess that's it for today, yeah. Wonderful. Well, uh, Zach, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Is there anywhere our listeners can find you? You doing any working on any projects you want us to know about? What's, what? um, uh, nothing in particular. I am one of the curators over at VOK. So if you've not if you've not checked out Vassals of Kingsgrave, we're doing our own reread of A Song of Ice and Fire as well, a linear reread where we try to do everything chronologically. I'm not personally on that too much, but uh, but I'm a big fan myself, and I and I think you guys would like it too. So yeah, very well, nice. That was what was interesting about the, that sticker on the back of that book. It shows George's Twitter. And his other sites, I don't think that's been on other books like this or any of his other works. That it has like his Twitter on the on that sticker. Yeah, I saw the Twitter and I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> At GRRM speaking, if you're not, uh, if you're unaware, that is his Twitter. That is George himself and his people, I guess I should say. Yeah. His minions. <laughs> um, wonderful. Well, thanks. Thanks for joining us, Zach. Uh, it was a pleasure, good sir. Yeah. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in again to the longest-running reread of <laughs> a Song of Ice and Fire. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at APOIAF and Facebook at a podcast of Ice and Fire. Join the forums. They're always hot and popping. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye.
Cool. Thanks for joining us. Got our review done. No problem. That was fun. Boom. Hit and stop. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. According to the photo. Hello? Hey, is this Zach or is it George joining us? Uh, No, it's not George. Sorry to disappoint you guys. (laughs) Sorry to disappoint. (laughs) I mean, who are you bringing in today? Uh, Alias from the forums. I don't know if you've met him before, Kyle. He was on here before when we, I think it was Mimi's episode. You've been on here before, right? Yeah. I'm, uh, I play fantasy football. That'd be how you know me, Kyle. I do the recaps. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's, who's your team? Uh, the gay abandon. It's my team. Oh shit! How are you doing this season? Not man? too great. Not too great. If I'm being <laughs> it's going pretty poorly. Uh, injuries and whatnot. <laughs> it can't be as bad as me. Come on. Well, I think. Oh, it was... Wait, I think I've won two. I think I've won. And two. you beat me. Actually, is one of the ones you've won. So. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, at the same time that you lost Danny Woodhead, I lost Amir Abdullah. That was the. That was the. Oh day. man. Yeah. Yeah, I made the mistake of joining a fourth league this year, and now I just don't know what's happening in any of them. Right. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, my brother was like, oh, yeah, somebody dropped out last minute. We have this auto-drafted team. You want to take it? It's a free free league. And I was like, sure. And now I just – I have all my teams are suffering now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can do more than two or three. Just too much to deal with. Yeah. All right, I'm going to – do a little record here while we're all chatting to just make sure my recorder works before we start. Um, so you've joined us before, huh, Zach? Yes, I have. Excellent. Um, Ashley, how long have you had your cold? A few days. Oh. Since Pretty I good. came back from Vegas. <laughs> oh, you're down in Vegas. Yep. The Vegas cold. Yeah, you were the first one to get Monday. the book. Uh, that's good because I wouldn't have even known it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'm just going to check my audio file, make sure I got everybody. Yeah. Didn't tell me it was coming, so I was like, "What's going on?" Because my birthday's in a couple weeks. I'm like, "Is this an early birthday present?" I don't know what's going <laughs> on here. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Wow, I'm still looking. Like, there's some images here I missed. I was just flipping through it again. I'm like, "There's some epic images in here." This- Sorry, I'm totally not paying attention to you guys right now. I just try to... Okay. <laughs> so what exactly is the nature of your guys' review? Are you just looking at the pictures, or did you like reread? <laughs> I'm not sure. Probably just discuss the pictures. I have <laughs> right. some comments as a whole that sure. I'll make. But uh... I mean, I read the foreword. Right, the yeah, I read that too. Project. Who's that guy that uh, wrote it? Oh, that's what I wanted it. to look up. Thank you for reminding me. <clears throat> John Hodgman. I was looking up uh, our fantasy fantasy football stuff here. <laughs> oh, we're both in the feathered hat division. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man, you're you're hurting the QB, huh? Oh yeah. Your team is playing with abandon. That's why. <laughs> exactly. We're just having fun out there. John Hodgman. Oh, this is, this guy looks so familiar. Um, John Hodgman, American author, actor, and humorist, um, in addition to public written works. Is he on the, that show? Oh, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's the PC in I'm a Mac and I'm a PC commercial. Oh, yeah. Okay. Isn't he on like Colbert though or something, or is this a different guy? Uh, he's on the daily show with Jon Stewart. Okay. I think I've seen, oh, yeah, I think I've seen him there then. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, so should we get into it here? Uh, Zach, I know you don't have, or I'm assuming you don't have the I, I do not. No, I've looked um, at like the Vanity Fair pictures, so I've, I have that context, but that's about it. So we were we, we kind of like that, that one of us doesn't have it. So if we start talking and we leave out some facts right. or anything, you can be like... Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have to be trying to like visualize it in your head while we're describing it. This, that's the, you're the test. Sounds good. That. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've already asked you uh, on on air on on record uh, like how you got into the books and. Yes, that's happened. Okay, awesome. Wonderful. So are we good to go? Are we all set. Yep. Yep. 
Oh, oh, shoot. I got to get the... This is episode number... I mean, do you have that handy? 207. 207. Do it for this Sunday, so uh, the 16th. So are you Platinum Club or Golden Club? I am. I think I'm Platinum Club, actually. (laughs) So... (laughs) Nothing, right. nothing more to be gained, unfortunately. <laughs> and so you have, you have recorded. No, it's Platinum Club again. Is that with all four? Yeah, that's all that's four. Again? All right, all right. Let me hit my recorder. All right, you guys got your recorder going or anything? Or are we just? So it looks like I'm running one. Yeah, I have one okay. going as well. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is gonna work. <laughs> one recording should do it. All right, um, here we go.